Well, good morning, church, and Merry Christmas. How y'all doing this morning? You made it, did you? I was saying to the team this morning, you know, they have this saying, uh, when it rains, it pours. Is it okay, honey? I, I, and I said, well, what happens when it snows? It blows. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Uh, welcome to College Street. Um, we're so excited that you made the effort to come out and you made it. So turn to someone and say, you made it. You made it. Come on. This is what making it looks like. Okay. Looks really good. Uh, I'm Matt and that's my beautiful bride to my left, your right. Uh, we're the pastors here at College Street and, and we're so proud of you guys. We're proud of this team. You know, we got to help host an event that went to flood relief uh, that was put on actually by Royal LePage. But we opened up our home. Remember, many of us have asked ourselves in this season, what do we have to give? We've got a building. And you know what? How many were at the uh, Royal LePage front? Come on, let's give it up for them. You know what? That Chris Funk, with a name like that, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, he brought it. Um, him and his wife, Charity, are amazing people. They actually live here in Chilliwack. It's just wild. You never know, you know, who you're going to meet, who's sitting next to you. But I'm telling you, there's a gift next to you, right next to you. And we, we saw as Chris shared his gift with us. Thanks, by the way, Chris. That was awesome. Um, you know, he was on America's Got Talent, Disney, all these things. But that's how God sees you. Because it's your difference that creates your reward. So don't ever think that you don't have something to give or something to offer. Because you got the greatest gift to give. And we'll talk more about that. I have a real treat for you in this season of celebrating, this season of generosity. I thought, what are some of the gifts that I could share with you? Well, I've got three of the best gifts in the house today. Two are on the stage behind me. As I mentioned, that's my beautiful bride. She's going to be sharing today. On my right is uh, Vince. He's going to be sharing, and way in the back somewhere, where is he? Oh, right in the middle is DJ, our sound guy. He's going to be sharing today, too. But um, this has been the season, some people call it the season of lights, right? However, December 21st will be the darkest day of the year. Do you know that? The darkest day, the shortest day, with only eight hours of daylight. And again, what you perceive is what you receive. You know that eight biblically is the number of new beginnings. Although it's the darkest day in the calendar of year, it also represents new beginnings. And then where do lights shine the brightest? In the dark, right? And this has been a season of gathering and a season of coming together. And let's be honest, there has been some tension some tension for some of us even coming together and trying to celebrate Christmas together. And as I was going through the scripture and I was sharing with the team, what came to me was, who do we go to when we want to celebrate? Because we are the sum of the five people that we hang around the most. And unfortunately, not everybody will celebrate you. And not everybody will celebrate this season. And last Sunday, I talked about the who is more important than the what. Because the what should come out of the who. And as the band was just singing, you know what? I believe we become what we believe. 
we become what we believe, and most importantly, who we believe. So even though if you've been feeling like it's been a little dark in this season, today's a day where God's going to shine his light bright. Today is his day. It's the day that he has made. It's the day we will rejoice. Would you agree with me, brother? It is the day that we will be glad in it. Come on. So we're going to talk about that. These three are going to bring their heart today. They're going to bring the word today. And they're going to teach us how we can live lit, live bright in the darkest of night. Ladies and gentlemen, could you give it up for our first speaker, Vincent? So Luke 1 40 says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So what are you getting ready for? Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And so are you expecting greatness in your life? Or are you just preparing for challenges and troubles ahead? Do you have an attitude of positivity? Or do you have an attitude of negativity? Or like my friends like to say, attitude, a bad attitude, right? And so we know that we reap what we, what we sow. And so having said that, you receive what you ask for, right? And so recently I realized that I was settling for mediocrity in my income and at my workplace. And I wasn't striving for excellence. And this had to do a lot with, with COVID. But see, once my finances put enough pressure on me, did I realize that I'm a son of Abraham? And in Genesis 12, 1, 3, it says, it says, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make you a great name. And so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse who curses you. And in all that, the families of the earth will be, will be blessed. Therefore, I am to ask for greatness. And so once I asked for greatness, I expected it and I opened my hand to receive it. And I received the blessing of God. And he gave me favor and he changed my financial circumstances completely. And I realized that I always wanted it and I always thought about it in times of prayer, but I never really, really asked for it. And so John 14, three says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. So the first point for today is be ready to expect from God and receive. And so the power of prayer is amazing. And we could talk about that all day long. And that's a message in itself. But it's just, it is amazing. And in order to expect, um, I, I've always realized that I need to invest in myself, right? And so self-improvement has always been something very important to me since I was 18 years old. And so that's listening to podcasts, reading books, 
and just reinvesting into me for my trade and my calling. And I found that that's always something to be done. And so, you know, Mary had to get ready too. She had to expect for this child to come, right? And so, but having her, having her get ready for Jesus was amazing. And so now with my self-improvement, I'm, I find that I'm a lot quicker to react to challenges and come up with solutions faster. And I have a fresh, positive, godly perspective that changes how I react to the situations ahead. And really, at the end of the day, the very best self-improvement book that there is out there for all walks of life is the Bible. So study it, right? Because that is the book of life and it tells you how to do life, right? People think it's a rule book. No, it's not a rule book. It's how, how, how do you do life, right? And so the next question I have for you is, where are you hurrying? Right? So in Luke 39, 1, 39, 40, Mary hurried to go share the good news with Elizabeth. And she was pregnant and expecting Jesus. Where are you hurrying in life? Are you going at a good pace? Or are you firing at all cylinders and leading to exhaustion and burnout, right? The word says to take time and to listen to God. Well, when I started my new job, that kind of got challenging. <laughs> and I had to quickly learn to take breaks where I could and use wisdom, right? And so whenever a new decision came up, I always go to these two questions. And this is something Pastor Matt taught me a long time ago. First of all, is it good, right? Because not everything is that is good is necessarily good. Sometimes it's bad. Now, even if it's good, second question is, is it wise? Right? So is it wise for me to do that with my past? Is it wise to do that with my current conditions? And you'll notice that as you make, you ask those questions for any decision, whether of little importance, like should I go grocery shopping now, or of, of significant importance, you'll notice that your decision making will change. And so who do you go to when God has placed something in you? Proverbs 13.20 says, choose your friends wisely, the wrong friends will get you into trouble and break you down. But good friends will teach you new things and build you up. So Mary went to Elizabeth because she knew she was her most trusted friend and as a strong woman of God that she would believe what she's telling her. But most people would have shunned Mary, thrown her into the streets to get stoned to death. Why? Because back then, it, that was that was the norm. If you were pregnant before marriage, you were stoned to death in the streets. And so I go, when I have some news to share, I go to my most trusted friend circle that I have, that have my back and speak life into me. And so who are your top five? You are the average of the top five people you spend the most time with. And so my challenge to you is, is as the new year is approaching, take a look at your top five and make adjustments as necessary. I had to completely change my friends. That, that's something I had to do a while back. And I'm very grateful that I get to do that because I have gifts and these amazing gifts and skills that God gave me. And I would hate to waste it on the wrong people. And so, you know, and I'm highly favored and I believe in that and I praise God for it every single day. And so now all together, I'd like you to repeat after me because I really want you to believe this in your heart also. I am favored. I am highly favored. 
am highly favored. I am highly favored. Thank you, God. awesome, Vince. All right, I want you to consider this for a minute. Mary, who's a little bit pregnant, even a little bit pregnant makes a difference. Does it not, ladies? Anyways, a little bit pregnant, going to visit Elizabeth, who's also a little bit pregnant. So she's traveled around 90 miles from Nazareth to visit her cousin. She's bound to be tired and exhausted. And without even being able to sit down, Elizabeth greets her. She's inspired by the Holy Spirit and begins to proclaim praise to God. Elizabeth says in Luke 1, verse 43, But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And right after that in the scripture comes Mary's song. And Mary says, With all my heart I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. Let's just give a hand for the word of God. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> just reading the scripture. But let's talk about favor. Favor is realizing that there is an unfair preference. The very definition of favor is approval or doing something for someone else. And I think that's a perfect explanation of the Christmas story. Favor, the unfair approval of God on our lives. That's me. That's you too. It's the undeserved goodness of God that we are found fit to be used for his purposes when we seek to live our lives for him. Both Mary and Elizabeth had found favor with God through the way they lived their lives. Not that they are perfect, not that they had earned it in their own strength, but the Bible says that they lived God-fearing lives, which means they lived in such a way that showed reverence and respect for the sovereignty of God. And both were tasked with history-making callings. You know what that was? To be mothers. At the same time, we know it wasn't a bed of roses. It wasn't a bubble of ease. And we can easily slip into the habit of throwing in the towel when we hit a few bumps, can't we? We give up easily. But in the moment when she walks through the door and Elizabeth greets her in those scriptures, she forgets her tiredness. You know why? Her faith is being confirmed. She realizes again in that moment that the angel that came to her was not a figment of her imagination, 
he was real. And his message that she, a virgin, would bear the Son of God was true. Mary's greatly blessed by God, but she doesn't slip into pride or think that she's God's favorite. We joke around in our family that I'm God's favorite. <laughs> but I, I do know that's not true. <laughs> You're his favorite too. But uh, just as people, we can be funny. The, the more God blesses us when we're walking through, through good times, we try to take the credit, don't we? But instead of allowing pride to take root, I want to encourage you today to learn and remember to praise the Lord for the blessings you receive and the times and the way he uses us to carry out his will. The word magnify means to declare the greatness of. And this idea is habitual. And that means it was the habit of Mary, of her soul, to magnify the Lord. And she kept on magnifying him. Mary understood that her life's purpose was to proclaim the greatness of God. She leaned into that even when her situation wasn't comfortable. I promise you it wasn't. <laughs> even when she was scared, tired, and weary, Mary followed her life purpose. What would that mean for us to say to the Lord and commit this in our hearts? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever no matter what the situation. And you know, favor sometimes comes dressed like sacrifice. So what did favor look like for the mother of the very Son of God? She was highly favored, but was almost put away by the man she loved the most. Highly favored, but she was rejected by every person in Bethlehem. Highly favored, but she laid on the floor of a dirt floor in a barn to give birth to a baby that she'd carried nine months. Highly favored, but in the middle of the night, had to leave and move to a strange town because God said so. But you know, favor will take you through the frustration, through failure and fear. It might be in the darkest of night, a place where no one seems to see or understand. And Elizabeth said this, remember about Mary, blessed is she who believed. Believed that God would keep his promises, that God would sustain her and carry her through. Believed that she could bring her pain and weariness to the Lord and that he would meet her there. And he does the same for us. When we believe and trust, God steps in to confirm the reality of our faith. And experiencing the living God can overcome the tiredness, that exhaustion. I know we get it. I know we all been there. In this season when there's so much in our heads, we can get tired. But imagine rather than saying, we're too tired to come and spend time with Jesus. We're too tired to read our Bibles and pray. What if we bring our tired bodies and our weary souls to the Lord and believe that he'll meet us there every time? And if we become what we believe, like we talked about, let's become people of faith, people of obedience, people that shine no matter the circumstance. Well, I'm not going to cry in this one, though. <laughs> um, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are most proud in their inmost thoughts.
He has brought down rulers from the thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent away the rich empty. First thing I want to point out is that he scatters those who are proud. We all have goals and dreams in our lives. God wants us to have those dreams. When you pursue your relationship with Jesus, we can reach those dreams or goals. What, we, what he's looking for, though, is a humble spirit. We may get to that little hill we want to get up, but we, if, we, uh, if we start to think it was our abilities and that we just did it on our own, you won't be up there for very long. Um, so let me be clear here. It's okay to be proud of what you've done in your life. God just doesn't want us to think it was only us. Rick Warren said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Everything you do, do for the glory of God. It's easy to forget when God, uh, it's easy to forget God when things are going well. Guilty, right? There's tons of times in my life where I think things are going great, and I was like, oh, I forgot to pray. Oh, I forgot to read the Bible. We're human. God scatters the proud so that we will become humble. Then we will be lifted up. Mary was a very humble person, just like Pastor Charmaine said. And for that, she was given favor. I've been going to this church for a long time. I've experienced things I wish everyone could experience, and I've experienced things I wish no one would experience. There's never a time we did not have mighty men or mighty women of God in this church. However, there came a time where there's lots of people were trying to build their church. This created a lot of confusion for me. It came to a point where I was going through something and I didn't know where to go. I was too scared to go to this church for help because I didn't know who to go to. There was so much going on in my life at times that it just created so much confusion. It came to the point where the only thing that was keeping me here was the vision that God gave me. And that's what I'm looking at right now. Woo! <laughs> um, but even that hope started to diminish. <laughs> but then God stepped in. There was very few of us here. Um, he scattered the proud to the point where there's only even a smaller crowd here. And that's where College Street began. And man, did we ever get humble pastors. We have a lot of humble people in here at College Street. And the thing with humble people, is sometimes they're afraid to take a step up. <laughs> oh no, I'm not good enough. Oh no, I can't do that. Take a look at Abraham. Take a look at Moses. Mary, we have a lot of humble people here at College Street. Take that step up with confidence towards Jesus. We've been, called, we've been called to be a light on this earth. And this year we've been working with Ruth and Naomi's a lot. They're now called Revive. The employees at Revive have been working extremely hard this Christmas and has given us the opportunity to partner with them. We've been emptying that coat rack every week. That was empty on Monday. Oh, just wait. Over 150 jackets in three weeks. Probably, now correct me if I'm wrong, but we're probably close to 60, 70 jackets already handed out. 
whenever we stop by, do you have a jacket? Do you have a jacket? Do you have a jacket? I'm seeing jackets. I'm seeing my old jacket on the street. It's awesome. Um, now, that, that's only the jackets. There's food as well, right? How many pounds of food are we at by now? 260 pounds of food. Our goal is 1,000. Let's keep it going. And our goal for jackets is 300. Um, but these coats and that food that's being donated, that's the fuel of the light that Chilliwack needs. So good. I don't know about you, but my eyes just sweat when those guys speak. Man. You know, the takeaway is that your light shines the brightest in the darkest of night. It's in the contrast that you will see Christ. I, I love what Vince said about who you go to. You know, Mary got the news. Blessed are you, highly favored. And then she went to Elizabeth was also highly favored with baby John, right? And I think there's a lot to be said there when God delivers you good news, that who you go to with that news. Who's gonna lift you up? Who's gonna build you up? Who's gonna confirm the calling that is on your life? And then sweetheart, oh my goodness, yeah, not talking about you, DJ. Charmaine. <laughs> not you, sweetheart. DJ. Charmaine. When you talked about what favor looks like, I never thought of it that way. Mary, who is highly favored. The mother of Jesus. What does favor look like? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. What did it look like for her? She had to leave everything, you know, to step into her belief. Just the very fact that she was a virgin and became pregnant out of wedlock, out of marriage, their religion would have stoned her. But it was the relationship with God the Father and the Spirit that caused her to move forward. It's not what it looks like. She didn't get to stay at the Radisson. She got to stay in a barn. She didn't have this huge entourage and get to ride in a limousine. No, she probably rode on the back of that donkey. <laughs> Favor. Sure puts things into perspective, hey? So just because you're going through the darkest of dark does not mean that you aren't highly favored. You are highly, highly favored. And DJ... <laughs> Humility scatters the proud. He doesn't give up on us even when we struggle with pride. It brings us back to the place of humility. And that's how he honors us. It's under his mighty hand, the scripture says. If we humble ourselves under his mighty hand at the right time, he will lift us up. Would you stand up with me in the house right now? 
I tell you, I think there's a lot of us in this season, although they say it's the most happiest time of the year, it hasn't all been happiness. Because a lot of us are basing our happiness on happenings, but it already happened. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and he will be called Prince of Peace, Counselor. The government will be on his shoulders. It's been given. It's whether or not you'll receive that gift. And if you're here today and you feel like you've been going through a dark time, doesn't matter how many lights are out there or how many things we throw up and we put on, on our house or we try to post on Instagram. You need the light. Jesus says, I am the light, and whoever has me will not walk in darkness. You see, the whole gift was a gift of relationship, not that we could earn it and not that we deserved it, but he gave it anyway, his one and only son. I said to the men this morning, for those of you that are fathers, imagine if for one moment you gifted your son. If you only had one son to give and you gifted your son to someone else, who hated you, who abused your son, who cursed him, rejected him, and even killed him. But the only way that a good God would do that was if he knew that the burden was worth the blessing. the sacrifice would set you free and your kids free and generations to come free. That one day that you would see in this moment Christ in Christmas and that light you would receive and would shine so bright no matter the darkest time that you would go through that you would know, know that God is with you and he will not forsake you. Paul said in Romans 10, 9, if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. The gift was a gift of sacrifice. He knew the end result. He knew the cost and he knew the price, but you were worth it. So whether or not you receive it. I want to lead you through a prayer right now to receive that relationship. I'm not talking about religion. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came for you, for me, to set us free of sin so that we could one day shine light and shine bright. So if that's you, or maybe you've just been so caught up in Christmas that you realize you need to come back to Christ, it's just as important as starting the relationship. Let's pray together. Just, just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I know what it's like to walk in darkness. I'm ready to receive the light. I believe that you came as a gift for me.
in this life. In Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment with all, all eyes closed and heads bowed. Just, just stay in the moment right now. I just, I just need to know we had three amazing speakers all speaking the word of God and his truth and I want to know if his truth spoke to you in this transition and in this season would you just give me a thumbs up in the house just, just for you it's for you it's for you it's evidence for you to know that God is speaking to you and the second is this if you prayed that prayer either for the first time or you're coming back to Christ in Christmas today in your relationship with him, would you give me a thumbs up in the house right now and say, that's me, that's you, thank you, that's you, that's me, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is what Christmas is all about. We're going to continue to worship and give praise to our God. We, uh, at College Street, we know we're not called to just do church, but be the church. And we know that there's many of us that have been waiting on God, but God is here to tell you that he's waiting on you. Amen. He made a way. He is the way. And that way told us, as part of our discipleship, that we are to be baptized. We're not just to go out into all the world and share the good news of the gospel. We are to walk it out and step in. And here at College Street, we get out of the way so God can step in. We don't make it difficult for you that are coming to know him. And so this tank that we fill out of faith every Sunday, water's lukewarm, by the way, is for you. If you haven't been baptized, would like to be baptized. Maybe you've been baptized before, but you didn't even know what you were doing. I'm here to tell you. The scripture says in Romans, when we go under the water, it says we are buried with Christ. We are baptized with him. We leave behind everything that held us back. The sin in our life that, yes, we struggle with no longer has authority over us. And when we come up out of the water, it says that we are resurrected with Christ. It's a new life and you step forward in it. The word baptism in the Greek means to be immersed. And if you want to do that, what better time than Christmas? <laughs> we got extra clothes, towels, all that. And if you want to just come forward as we sing and we give praise to God and put our focus on Him, just come on down. If you just need a touch or you need a prayer, let's worship God together.